0: Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah Breimer. I am your host here on Killer Instinct. And if you are returning, thank you so much for coming back. I am on my fourth cup of coffee today, you guys, and I am ready to go and dive into this case. Before I do that, I do wanna tell you that I just moved into a new apartment, and so my recording of the podcast, as far as figuring out the audio and making it sound less echoey than it does right now, has been a process, but we will get there, and hopefully this will be fixed soon, so thank you for sticking with me while I figure this whole thing out. For today's case, you guys, we are talking about a case that occurred almost 30 years ago. It'll be 30 years in August, and it is a case that was requested by you guys, so I was really interested into seeing what it was all about. Today's case is one that really shook everyone in San Antonio, Texas. And to this day, it's an unsolved case. And the family of Heidi Seaman has unfortunately come to the conclusion that they don't think they'll ever have the answers as to what happened to their daughter on August 4th, 1990. There isn't a lot of information on this case, as you'll see when we go through it. But having it be still unsolved after all of these years, I think it's extremely important to continue spreading the word on it. So Heidi Lynn Seaman was born in November of 1978 in Grand Forks County, North Dakota. She and her family moved to San Antonio, Texas, more specifically uh, Bexar County, I believe is how you pronounce it. I could be wrong. I wasn't able to find too much background on Heidi's life before her abduction, but I was able to find that she did live with her parents, Teresa and Kurt, and they tried everything they could to figure out what happened to their daughter after she was abducted and unfortunately murdered. So let's jump to August 3rd, 1990. So Heidi and her friend had made plans to have a sleepover. So Heidi went over to her friend's house and spent the night there. And on August 4th, the next day around noon, so mind you, noon means daylight, it's still light outside, it's not nighttime, it's not dark. Heidi's friend and Heidi decide that they're going to walk back to Heidi's house together only halfway, and then Heidi's friend will turn around and go home, and Heidi will walk the rest of the distance by, Herself. So Heidi and her friend end up parting ways at Stall Road and Willow Run Street. And I know that you can't see a map, so I'm going to kind of map it out for you So from what I could tell when I looked it up on a map Willow Run Street is more of a um, like neighborhood type street It definitely had a lot of houses like houses one by one right next to each other And it definitely didn't seem like too busy of a street and then stall Road seemed to be like the main road It was a two-lane street and it did seem like a pretty busy street from what I could tell so from what I'm assuming I assumed that You know, Heidi and her friend walk up Willow Run Street and then they part ways right around Stall Road just because it was a busier road and Heidi could finish the rest of the way. That is just my assumption though, but from looking at the map, that's just where my mind went. But on that day, when Heidi didn't make it home, everyone started to fear the worst. So Heidi's parents wasted zero time calling the police and reporting Heidi as a missing person and the search for Heidi began automatically. So the Bexar County Sheriff's Department was on this case and the police first went to Heidi's friend whom she had spent the night with the night prior to see if she had any insight or if anything was weird, if anything was off, if she noticed anything and Heidi's friend actually told the police that you know she had walked Heidi halfway to her house and on the way there she noticed that the same car had passed her and Heidi about three different times. She said that there was a man driving the car and described the car as red. It had tinted windows and it had a red stripe down the side of it. She also helped the police draw up a sketch of what she said the man driving the car looked like. And I know you can't see the sketch, so I'm going to describe it for you. This man was wearing sunglasses, he had a mustache, he didn't have a beard and he had like darker hair. The search for Heidi was absolutely massive. Everyone was joining in and about 1200 miles were searched and the mayor at the time actually declared August 11th, 1990 to be Find Heidi Day and over 300,000 people from San Antonio volunteered to help with this search. Even with that amount of people, you guys, The search for Heidi wasn't easy, and on August 25th of 1990, so about three weeks after she had been last seen, Heidi's body was found stuffed in two trash bags that had been duct taped together on a road near Wimberley, Texas, which is about 60 miles north of San Antonio. And when I mapped that from the road that she was last seen on, it's about a 55-minute drive from where she was last seen. And when the autopsy was performed on Heidi, it came back that her cause of death death was in fact a homicide. Okay, so let's talk about this search for a second. So this search for Heidi was heavily led by a man named Robert Eric Duncan, who just goes by Eric Duncan. So that's how we're gonna refer to him as. So Eric Duncan was actually a coworker of Heidi's father and the two worked in the Air Force together. And a lot of people had a lot of suspicions and a lot of questions about Eric for multiple reasons. So the first reason was the fact that he looks, you guys, when I say similar, I mean like identical to the sketch that was made up of the man that was driving the car that passed Heidi and her friend on the day she went missing. And from the pictures I saw of Eric and the video footage I've seen of Eric, they look so similar. But even more than that, and this was the part that really had people questioning, So like I said, Eric had worked with Kurt, Heidi's father, and there was a coworker who actually came out and said that Eric had told him that he would eventually get even and get revenge on Heidi's father, Kurt, over an issue they had at work. When doing my research, I was able to kind of figure out that this issue was caused by the fact that Eric Duncan was transferred from the Air Force Base he was at to a different one. And Eric worked as a psychologist at the Air Force Base that he was at before transferring. And Kurt, Heidi's father, truly believed that Eric was responsible for this. Like he had no doubt in his mind that Eric was responsible for the murder of his daughter. He believed it so much so that in 1996, Kurt had filed a murder complaint against Eric with the US military. But because of the lack of physical evidence, there really wasn't anything to charge Eric with. Like They couldn't convict him of something that they had no proof that he actually did. But Heidi's father said that it pretty much looks to me, this is a quote, so quote, it pretty much looks to me like Duncan is guilty. Unfortunately, there isn't that one piece of physical evidence that can be attached to anybody. Unless someone comes forward and says, I did it, I'm not sure it can be resolved end quote. Eric has always maintained his innocence. He's always said he had nothing to do with it, and he hasn't been charged of this, like I said. The former lead investigator on this case is a man named Jimmy Holguin, I believe is his last name, but I'm probably butchering it. According to Jimmy, he believes that this case is still, in his words, absolutely solvable, and he believes that he knows who did it, and it isn't Eric Duncan. Jimmy believes that the person who murdered Heidi is a man named Jerry Neighbor. Jerry had previously been convicted and did some time in prison for a drug-related charge, and there really isn't any information released, to the public at least, about why Jerry Neighbor is suspected of having any involvement in this. But if you think about it, there clearly has to be something there for the lead investigator of this whole thing to be convinced that he is responsible for this. His quote exactly is, quote, knowing who committed a murder and proving it are two different things. In my mind, it has been and always will be Jerry Neighbor. That's a quote from the lead investigator, Jimmy Holguin. So in my opinion, this is just my opinion. In my opinion, I think that this Eric Duncan guy looks really bad. This is not the first time that we have seen where people who are responsible for these crimes insert themselves into the situation and into the case. Not only that, but I think he looks so weirdly similar, like I said, to the sketch that was made up. I also think that from Heidi's father's standpoint, like if you think about it, and I guess the point that I'm trying to articulate here is the fact that Kurt clearly has to know this guy well. And if he's able to think that Eric has it in him to actually do something so horrific and so heinous, I think it's extremely, extremely telling of who Eric Duncan is. Because obviously when you're in this type of situation, the last thing that you want is the outcome where someone close to you is the person who's responsible for taking the most important thing in your life away, which in this case is Heidi. So I can imagine that the last thing that Kurt wants Is Eric to have been the one responsible for this? But the fact that he's so adamant about it and truly believes it says a lot to me about who Eric is. I mean, I guess there is some part of me that thinks that if you're in the type of situation like this, you really could believe anything and you just want answers. So maybe. If he didn't do it, this could just be a way for Kurt to feel like he has some sort of answer, but I'm not leaning super towards that scenario. I also think that it could have been a situation of maybe Eric was following the two girls, and when he saw Heidi alone, he drove up to her and offered her a ride home, saying that he knew her dad or worked with her dad. That way she felt somewhat more comfortable around him. I don't know if Eric and Heidi had met prior to this, but I do think that's a very possible theory, because where my head goes is, the timing of this all this isn't at night this isn't like secretive this is in the daylight this is at noon people are out at noon people are driving around so for no one to have seen this it makes me believe that clearly there wasn't a visible or at least for anyone who hasn't I mean no one said anything so that's all we can really go off of but I mean, for it to be at noon, you have to be really like certain that this is going to work in your favor if you are some stranger pulling a girl into your car in the middle of the day. So I guess my point is, is that I think it would have been easier for someone who knew her, such as Eric, for someone who knew her family, such as Eric, to be like, hey, do you want a ride? I can drive you back home. I work with your dad because we work in the Air Force together. Like, I think that's not out of the question at all, because I think that would have been very convincing for her to get in the car with this man. She's 11, you know, she's naive, she's vulnerable. She's walking the street, and I think that if someone came up to her and said that they worked with her father and that they could take her home, I don't believe that that is out of the question at all, and I definitely think it's very possible. So the authorities who worked on this case at the time and have since then retired are still not giving up hope that they can solve this case. Paul Hastings was a former county sheriff and worked 38 years in law enforcement. 38 years. That's honestly insane. So he stated, quote, the day that I give up on this case is the day I'm not worth anything. The first time I sit down and say, oh heck with it, then there's something wrong with me. And I love that quote. I think that that is an amazing thing to say, because even though it's been so long, it's been 30 years since this happened, that doesn't mean that this can just be pushed under the rug. Like obviously these cases keep happening and A horrible, horrible things keep happening to innocent people, but it's so important that we get justice for as many as we can. And I personally believe that this one can be solved. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the killer instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less seems a little counterproductive, right? all right you guys welcome back so paul hastings does believe that eric duncan was responsible for heidi's disappearance and her murder So that really is all the information that we have on this case, unfortunately. I know. I mean, I did a lot of research and that in all the research that I did, the articles and the videos that I watched, you know, after a while, they were just kind of repeating each other and they were saying the same thing and the same information. But what I want to do now is go through some of the comments that I found on the videos and the articles that I did my research from and get a couple other people's opinions to see what they think. So we're going to start from a comment from the video that I watched and the video that Watches on youtube and it's on the channel missing kids rescued kids and someone said quote someone knows something about what happened but they are keeping their mouths shut i can't fathom whatsoever how anyone especially if a woman knows the truth they could stay quiet and allow this murderer around their kids end quote So this is very true, and something that we talk about a lot here, and I should probably put it on a t-shirt at this point because I say it so much, but this person is a 100,000% right when they say that someone knows something. Eric Duncan actually had a wife. She ended up passing away, unfortunately, in 2001, I believe, and she did say some things about... Eric would like talk about these dreams that he would have. And he was always like calling the FBI for like updates on the case. And the dreams that she would say that uh, Eric would tell her about, she said that they were just really odd. She didn't really give much description or I couldn't really find what these dreams were about. But apparently from what she said, she said she would be told these dreams by Eric and she would be so uncomfortable that she would tell him to stop. She didn't want to hear it. And so I think that that's what this person is referring to when they say, especially if a woman knows the truth. Um, But unfortunately, like I said, Eric's wife passed away. So she is not here to be able to give her side of the story fully. Um, But someone has been told something in this case, and I truly believe that. And I do believe that someone is afraid to come out and say it, which is why I'm going to mention now the anonymous tip line where you can call or write in and leave your anonymous, the keyword anonymous here, tips and your identity will remain unknown. I believe the website is called Crime Stoppers um, or Crime Watchers, but I think it's Crime Stoppers. And if you Google it, you will be able to find it. I think there's one for every, definitely every state and every big major city. Um, It's such an important and amazing tool for this case, but also for every case out there and for people to know about it. It's so important for people to know about this tool because for people... Who do know things about certain cases and they're afraid to say it because they're afraid for their own safety for their family's safety for you know maybe it's a close friend that they don't want to tell on and you know have that all whatever which i mean in cases like this like when it gets this big That really shouldn't matter. That should go out the window. But what you do need to know is that there are ways to say your truth and to give this information that could, who knows, you know, your slightest bit of information that you don't think is important could be the key to solving this whole thing. So definitely keep that in mind. Other comments say that they still do believe that this case can be solved with the developments that have been made in technology and DNA. Like for example, we saw in last week's case with Angie Houseman. just because it's been almost 30 years now for this case, which is crazy to think about, this case still can 100% have closure and be solved and Heidi can finally get the justice she deserves. And I really do hope that this is a case that the police look back into, because for right now, as I said, it's unsolved, it's gone cold. And I do think that there is a huge possibility that this can be solved. Like I said, personally, from what I can find in doing my research, I personally believe that Eric Duncan is responsible for the murder of Heidi. To me, when I look at it, I see a motive. You know, he was mad that he had to be transferred from the Air Force Base. And I see a connection. You know, it just it makes sense to me. And granted, it could very well be that Heidi was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And unfortunately, a stranger saw an opportunity of a young girl walking on the road by herself and took it. Maybe someone, maybe it was a stranger who offered her a ride. Who knows? It's not impossible. Nothing is impossible with this case because it honestly, like, I hate saying this because I know it's not true. But it does feel like Heidi just kind of like vanished, like in thin air, like she's gone. And I hate saying that because I know there's so much more to it than that, but for everyone around her, it's like one minute she was there, the next minute she's gone. One minute her friend says she said goodbye to Heidi, the next minute she says she turns around, Heidi's gone. I just personally believe that because of the time of day, it was noon, it was light outside, and because of the circumstance, I feel like this couldn't have been an opportunist just taking an opportunity in a split second and it all work out seamlessly. I feel like this was planned. I feel like this was, you know, not just someone seeing Heidi and deciding to take her. I don't. Um, I really encourage you guys though to Google what Eric Duncan looks like if you're interested in this case at all, to Google what Eric Duncan looks like and also Google a picture of the sketch that Heidi's friend has uh, said and helped kind of curate because they look way too similar to just be coincidental in my personal opinion. Like I said, there has to be some sort of connection that hasn't been made to the public as to why the lead investigator is so dead set on Jerry Neighbor that the public isn't aware of. But from, because from what I could find, there was nothing that would link the two of them together. But there has to be something there. Maybe he lived on that street. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I couldn't find anything. But like I said, there's no way that this is just like a drop of the hat name and the lead investigator is dead set on it for nothing. There has to be a reason. But I really want to know where you guys stand on this case. Are you leaning in the direction of Eric Duncan? Are you leaning in the direction of Jerry Neighbor? Or are you leaning in the direction that neither of those two are possible and that a random stranger has, there's someone out there that hasn't been looked at, that hasn't been questioned and they were responsible. I want to know what you think. So let me know at my email where you can always email me your thoughts on the cases. You can also DM me. My email is podcast. At gmail.com. Again, that is killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to DM me your thoughts, you can DM me at Savannah Breimer. It's just my Twitter and my Instagram. Um, but Killer Instinct Podcast is where I go in and I see your guys' case updates, or not updates, but your case suggestions and also your thoughts on the cases that I have recently covered. And I love more than anything hearing your guys' opinions because I feel like I go crazy sometimes reading these, like all this information and I just, I want someone to talk about it with. So definitely let me know what you think about this. I really hope, even though it's been 30 years, I hope more than anything that this is a case that gets justice. Heidi deserves justice, the family deserves justice. You know, so many people just want answers and I really, really, really hope that they are able to get that. But with that being said, you guys, that is all from me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are new here, make sure you go ahead and hit those follow buttons. That way you never miss an episode. We upload every week here on Killer Instinct, so you're not going to want to miss it. Like I said, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me on my email, killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Also, my DMs are always open. Just ask Savannah Brimer for Instagram and Twitter. With that being said, you guys and that's all for me today and i will see you next week so stay safe guys